Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Corn Fed Inc. production. Coming at you, hot and heavy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Corn Fed Sports Entertainment Podcast episode. We're back. It is August 5th, 2021. We're in the Middle of Olympic season. Timmy. We are, we are back. <laughs> have you been watching in the Olympics? Uh, like, I watched like two nights. What, uh, what uh, were you watching? Swimming. I'm, I, I like the swimming. That's really the only thing in the Summer Olympics that really gets my attention. Swimming is really, really fun to watch. I don't know what it is, but I it's so it. fun. So much fun to watch. I love it. I think there's one thing about swimming is like some of the summer Olympics I don't know how to win. Like gymnastics, I watch that. I don't know who if they did good or bad. Diving, I don't know if they did good or yep. bad. With swimming, it's just whoever touches the wall first. I just understand that, and I just get a kick out of it. Oh yeah, I was watching before the Olympics started. I remember, and it might have been like 2012 or 2008 when I think the Australians were kind of talking some trash at the Americans. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I think it might have been the four by like. Whatever the shortest, yeah. They were talking some mad trash before, like the Americans were gonna crush them, and then we came back and won and beat them out, and that was that was awesome. I still get goosebumps talking about it because nothing better. I enjoy that. I have been following the U.S. baseball team. That is quite the collection of people they have together on that baseball team. Name their top five players. I (laughs) I have no idea. They're retired people. Well, I saw Tanaka's pitching for Japan. Look at it up. They have, like, retired people on their team. Anyone any good or just a bunch um, of... Here's their Olympic roster. A lot of They have a lot of minor league players. But then, like, Todd Frazier's on the team. Oh, yeah, the, the Todd father. Edwin Jackson. He's been over the hill for a long time. Scott Casimir. <laughs> Just a lot of, a lot of, not even like Mike, guys that were that great when they were. <laughs> Mike Sosha's manager. Wow. But they played the gold medal game, so. Tanaka's pitching against them, I saw. Yeah, they beat the Dominican the other day to go to the gold medal game. And then, of course, the basketball team is fun to watch. They were in the gold medal game as well. Yeah, against France, who beat them. They should, I, th- I would think they'd win this time. I hope so. They really seem to have turned around, and. Last night I watched them, stay up and watched them. And I'll tell you what, Tim, I miss cheering for Kevin Durant. I miss him. (laughs) He's just, obviously, he's so good. I told my dad this today, too. I'm like, I just miss watching him because he's easily the best player in the world right now, I would say. professional scorer. He was just making some insane shots. In the international game, the three-point line's in a little bit, too. So that just helps him even more. And honestly, going back to his, I still he, that shot he hit against the Bucks in Game Seven, yeah, it was a two, and it, that was an un- unbelievable shot. And if he made that, if he'd have been a step back, they'd probably have won the championship. Honestly. Oh yeah, I mean, how crazy is it? Giannis and the Bucks are like literally two inches away from not being NBA champions. If his shoe was a size smaller, we'd have lost. That's insane. That was a quite quite a shot, though. But my last question before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes, if you could compete in one summer athletic or Olympic event, which one would it be and why? That's funny because I was going to text you and, ask, and tell you that we should do this. We should ask this question. <laughs> great minds. Great minds. Uh, I really think I would like I would like to do diving. Synchronized there. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to jump off those diving. Those things are sick. They're so tall. That would be fun. I would just love to do a cannonball off one of those bad boys. <laughs> oh man, I could I could see it. I'd give you a ten. But my the, the event I think I would do the best in 
speed walking. I was watching that today, and I I texted my mother-in-law. Actually, I was like, I think you would be good in this event. I, still, I think I can still speed walking. <laughs> How? Uh, what are the rules of that, by the way? I would just, can you start running? Or is that a no-go? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Like, are you allowed to run, or do you have to walk? And who determines what to walk and what to run? <laughs> this is the most insane any, insane event that you would ever expect. So I'll read it to you. There are a few major differences between running and race walking beyond the speed. In race walking, one foot must be in on, it be in contact with the ground. A violation of this rule is called lifting. In addition, rules <laughs> state that an athlete's advancing leg must remain straight from the point of contact with the ground until the athletes pass over it. Judges observe the race and caution competitors if it appears a competitor is breaking the above rules. Three violations during a race leads to a DQ. So I can run twice? That's what it sounds like. Like, just take off full sprinting and then... <laughs> they get caught? Oh, that, that's, that would be incredible, huh? But what would, what would you do? What would be your... Well, obviously... I'm not going to say baseball or basketball because those are just no. like a givens, obviously. But I think the the archery would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I've like never really shot a bow and arrow besides like gym class and high school and stuff. Yeah. But I think that'd be fun. That's like, it reminds me, have you ever seen the Winter Olympics where they do the cross-country skiing with the guns on their back? The cross-country, or the Winter Olympics has a lot like out there, like a yeah. lot more out there events, it's I feel like. They cross country ski with a gun on their back, and then, like, every few minutes, they stop and shoot a target, <laughs> and then they have to keep cross country skiing again. It's, it's remarkable. You know what event is, like, super weird, though, to me? The the horse riding one where they jump over all the things. And... Yeah. So, did you know Bruce Springsteen's daughter was doing, was in the Olympics? I had heard that she was in the Olympics. I did not know that's where she was at. I was watching it the other day, and how do you think they get those horses over to all those horses to Japan? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of weird, weird things. There's a lot of weird variables to the Olympics, no doubt. Do you think the Olympics will ever go away? I don't think so. They're beloved, like. But they spend so much money on them. Yeah. And then these stadiums in ten years are just gone. That's why. Why they have? Where's the next one? Uh, Quadar or whatever. No, that's the World Cup. It's that's in, right. Uh, Paris. Okay. Like, they don't, they shouldn't just, like, I get it, like, they have all the money and they win the bid and everything, but, like, why send it to these countries that don't have they should the development? places that already have stadiums, like the U.S. or London or Canada. Brazil. Where they already have stadiums to host these events. Yeah. It's in L.A. Built... Yeah, come to L.A. Yeah, that would be awesome. Would, would, you, would you ever think about going? I would love to go to Norway. Do you think they'll be they're here to stay or I think they will be but yeah, I think they'll stay just because they're such a tradition. But I think they will make some changes to scale it back a little bit. Oh yeah, I could I could definitely see that. The Winter Games though, we're only three or three years away now. Can't wait. I, I do enjoy it. I I think I wish the hardest part about the Olympics for me has been the tape delay. Yeah. Like I, it's just in this world of media, it's impossible to not know what happened. You know, like you see the results, and then they NBC tries to air it that night. Well, and it even makes it more tough since we're they're what thirteen hours ahead of yeah, us or something exactly. like that. And so that's what I wish it was could be aired live. I would love Olympics that I didn't have to sit and not know what happened all day. Yeah, correct. Well, it's, it's weird. Go ahead. LA would be sweet. LA would be sweet. Oh, yeah. I could just watch it at night live. That's like they were saying, Vince Carter was saying last night when the U.S. beat uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. He said that the gold medal game is at like 1130 in the morning Japan time, but it's like 9 o'clock our time. So I don't know if that's maybe why they did that. But like, I'm a big golf fan. I yep. think the golf final happened at. It was like 4.30 in the morning when it finished. Yeah, that's insane. It started at 11.30 in the night. And it was just like, I can't stay up and watch that. So that's, been, that's probably been the hardest thing for me with the Olympics. Otherwise, I love the Olympics. come from a very big Olympic family. But I just wish it was live. But I understand they can't do that. Yeah, just impossible with... With the time difference. Yeah. 
But no, I've enjoyed them, and let's hope they stick around for a long, long time. Yeah, let's hope so. Everybody seems to like them, and and I want to go speed walk. <laughs> let's start training right now, bud. So yeah, I, I do that every day. Right. So moving into the more in depth part of our episode, I guess tonight we're talking about conference realignment, which. I don't know. If you haven't heard, you've probably been living under a rock. So Texas and Oklahoma, sounds like it's a done deal going to the SEC 2025, correct? Yes. Well, yeah, what's up with that? Why do you think till 2025? See, if I was the Big 12, personally, I would be like, all right, don't let the door hit you guys on the way out. Get out of here. You know? Like, we got to try and figure this out now. I know maybe it might be tough to find a replacement. And who knows when the Big 12 is thinking. Bullsby's still the commissioner of the Big 12, right? Oh, yeah. He met with the Pac-12 yesterday. Are they talking all the other teams joined? What are are your thoughts on that? I I love it, but how does it work? Yeah. I mean, is Iowa State going to kick off half their football games at 9 o'clock at night? Local time? That'd be tough. That would be definitely tough. tough. I mean, I'd watch, but it, it just, it'd be difficult. Yeah, they would have to make a lot of different changes that... Or could, like, a basketball team, like, say, Iowa State or West Virginia go out to Arizona on a Tuesday night for a basketball game? Or a women's basketball? It just... I don't know. That just seems like... I don't know. Quite the haul. <laughs> just a haul. It just seems crazy. So, if you're the Big 12 commissioner, if you're Bob Bullsby, what are, what are your thoughts at right now? I think your only choice is to merge. I mean... Otherwise, it's over. Who are you going to add that's going to make your conference? Well, I've seen they might add Utah. Okay, that doesn't really help you. What, do they have eight teams left? Yeah, they have eight. How many teams does the Pac-12 have right now? I think they have 14. That's what the Big Ten has as well? Yeah, but Kansas is about as good as gone. They're going to do their own thing? They're going to join the Big Ten. See, Iowa State needs to join the Big Ten, though, as well, then. The problem is the Big Ten won't take them because by getting Kansas, they get the Big Ten network in Kansas. Okay. By taking Iowa State, that does not add any Big Ten network because they already have the Big Ten network in Iowa. So that's just a strictly money thing. And that's why they took Rutgers in the first place was so they could add the Big Ten network in New York City. Mm. So I'll give the eye on it. Iowa State doesn't do anything for the Big Ten, really, except for, I mean, a rival with Iowa, which they already have. Money-wise, it does not do anything to move the Big Ten's brand. So do you say Iowa State's a long shot to get the Big Big Ten then? Well, I think in the end, the Big Ten's going to want to get to 20 teams too. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State would fit the Big Ten mold. That's what I feel like all the other teams as well. So if they took all eight of them, they'd be at 22? Is that correct? Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, what are the what are the chances like? You know, we always hear the Power Five conferences. At what point is there? You know, maybe two or three, just like major conferences. Well, I think we'll eventually get to like four major twenty-team conferences, and then the whole question is, what does Notre Dame do if we get four twenty-team conferences? Notre Dame's got to join somewhere. Yeah, they can't stay independent. Or do they stay in the Big Ten? Or do they stay just independent? I, I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of things that are need to get discussed. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, football is the main thing that's driving this whole force. Oh, yeah. I would say, yeah. like obviously, everybody loves basketball, but yep. football is what really drives. I would mm-hmm. say conference, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I so you. You said that Kansas is pretty much a lock, though. Yeah, I read last night that that's going to happen. That's would really the Big Ten loves basketball. That would really help the Big Ten basketball brand. Yeah, and I mean, they arguably have the best Big Ten or the best basketball conference for the last oh yes five to ten years. And then you throw Kansas in there, you're really really set. Yeah, that would be that'd be a great move. I think Kansas that'd be a good move for them too. I mean, their football team sucks, but yeah. Fighting less miles. <laughs> Is he still there? Did he get fired? I feel like he's still there, but who knows? He had some real legal issues. 
Oh no, he just got he's out. <laughs> he got fired for stuff that he did at LSU. Yep. Like he covered up someone getting Oh, he's he was placed on ad leave because of accusations of inappropriate behavior towards female students during his head coaching tenure. <laughs> yeah, at LSU. Yeah. That seems yeah. like it's sad, but that is basically a norm in our society now. Like that just oh, comes out all the time. Yeah. Especially at the college level, like 100%. it's always talked about like five, 10 years down the line. Like, why didn't you guys just take care of it right away? Then you yeah, wouldn't have they to cover it up. That's what ruined Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. That was a huge, huge deal. That was pretty disgusting. Everything that happened down there, it seemed like though. So anything else you want to add on the conference? No, it's it's going to be crazy. I, it won't affect this year, but it's going to be crazy coming down the road. I think in the next two years, we will have four power conferences, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I would agree. It It's just a matter of time. The more money in a conference, the more money the NCAA makes. And I feel like if you have all, all the teams in four conferences, that's going to be even more money. And I read a crazy report the other day. I think it was from Barstool that – the SEC was talking to Ohio State and Clemson too mm-hmm. to try to add them as well. And that's just, I mean, you get Ohio State and Clemson in that conference, you're really crazy. In the SEC? Yeah. And they were talking about Clemson. You'd have all the playoff teams at that point. You have Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oklahoma. That's the four playoff teams every year, right there. That's insane. So, <laughs> they wouldn't even have to have the tournament. They could just. Yeah. Or the, the playoff. Yeah. Whoever wins the SEC wins. <laughs> oh well, buckle up for that, right? Yeah, college football is always crazy. It's it's why we love it. You just never know what's going to happen. And I'm excited about getting a full year of college football this year. I really missed out last year. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good area teams this year too, so it'll oh, be a fun year. We'll get into that later, but yeah, I'm excited about this whole year. Yep, that's what three weeks or Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Three weeks away. Yeah, three or four weeks away from you and I versus Iowa State to open up things. Yeah. I think if I remember, Iowa opens up with a tough schedule, too. I feel like they open up with Indiana. Big template right away. Yeah. Indiana, then Iowa State. Two ranked teams not, right away. Not an easy schedule at all for them coming out of the gate. No. They, they have a tough schedule this year, but they should be yeah. good. Just if Peters, we're getting into our next episode probably, but <laughs> if Peters can take that next step, I like their chances because their defense should be really, really good this year. Um. Speaking of Iowa schedule, I think we should find a way to make a road trip and go to the October 9th game. Where's that at? It's in Iowa City. Who Penn is... State, Iowa. Penn State, Iowa. <laughs> that I would be a blast. Should, I think it's TBD for time, but I think we should definitely head on down there. That's my week, birthday weekend. Definitely think we should head on down there for that game. Partake in some fun there. activities. <laughs> yes, I just, just throwing that out there. This sounds like a blast. Never been to a college football game, but you've never ever been to a college football game. Only major sporting event I've never been to. Wow, we might have to change and that then, huh? We can even take our good friend Barry Jesse. <laughs> uh, I think we should head out down there for that for sure. Hey, last time we went to a sporting event, us three <laughs> got a little weird with Ronald McDonald at McDonald's. <laughs> I forgot about that in Milwaukee. Well, that was a fun time though. That was a good game. That was a good time. He just wanted to see who was this player. Nene. Nene Hilaria. I think, didn't uh, Greek Freak have like 40 that night? He had a good night that night, yeah. I just remember James Harden was hitting shots from like half court and warm ups. <laughs> it was sick. It's, it's just crazy to go and see those professional athletes play, like yeah. in person. Because on TV, it doesn't really look like much, you know? But then when you go watch them in person, you're just like in awe. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's it's um, fun. But is there any anything else you want to touch on, Conference Realignment? Well, let's, let's get on to the real subject. All right. Well, before we do that, if you haven't followed us on our social media pages, make sure you do that. Our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page, CornFed Sports One. Go check us out. We'll appreciate it. We're getting close to 600 likes on Facebook, so that'd be awesome if we could get there. Let's do it. All righty, moving on to our next topic. I'm sure some of you guys can guess what we're going to talk about. And this is something I'm glad we didn't pop in and podcast right after 
there have been a lot of things said that <laughs> for those that don't know, we're going to talk about the MLB de- trade, de- trade deadline, which if you're a Cubs fan, you followed it extremely closely. And honestly, if you're just a big baseball fan this year, you were probably a little surprised in all the moves that were getting done this year. What do you think, Tim? Best trade deadline ever. Why was why do you think that happened this year like that? I honestly don't know. I think it was just a perfect storm with a lot of guys that came, were coming up for free agency this year. I mean, just the fact that three guys, the Cubs here, their big three guys were all free agents. I think it was all just, hey, these are all rental players at the same time. And you usually don't see superstars become rental players. Usually they get a contract worked out before they get to that point. And yeah. I think it just became a perfect storm. I think you maybe said this to me earlier, not on the podcast or anything, just texting. But the I think you said that the lack of an August trade. Yep. The waiver, waiver trade deals this year also helped. Yep. And I also think one other thing is people lost – owners lost money last year. They really did. And so I think if they didn't think they could win this year, they were going to cut money wherever they could. And the teams that think they can win are going to try to win to make money back. And so I think you had teams going for it and teams cutting real easy to save money and to try to make money. I really think they lost a lot of money last year in that COVID-shortened season. And so they're trying to do whatever they can to recoup money. I mean – the only money they would have maybe made last year was probably from TV deals, right? Yeah, and so I don't think they really made – they lost money last year big time. And that's so crazy to think about. They played, what, 60 games? With no fans. Yeah, that was such a weird year. No. Oh. Like, I don't even really remember last year. Do you? We won the division. I remember that, but that's, like, pretty much it. I don't really remember, I remember any game, games. I remember game one because you at your house and you smoked a pork loin for 18,000 hours. <laughs> Kyle Hendricks, the professor, baby, he shut the Brewers he down, I think. Half at a homer. He was an MVP candidate till the last, like, 10 games of the season. I, I don't really remember much of that season. I remember Willie's bat flip. He threw, like, a million miles in there. Into the sky. And that, I, that's about it. I don't. I don't really remember. I mean, I remember Al Mora not being very good. <laughs> that was every year, so. <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, back to the deadline. So what? What were your thoughts? Well, just like I said, there were so many deals. And not only did those three World Series core guys from the Cubs get traded, but also Solaire, former Cub, on his rookie, deer, rookie deal, got traded. Schwarber got traded on his rookie deal from the Cubs, got traded. So, there's five guys. Like, we've talked about this via text a little bit, but there's no question Theo was going to get out before this year, no matter what. Yes. No matter Theo what. Theo was not going to be the one that did this. And I was looking back. This Theo did the same thing in Boston. If you look, right after Theo left Boston, that whole thing got tore down, too. When did he come yeah. over to us? 2012, 2013? Yeah. He has a knack of getting out of town one year before it gets really ugly. Yeah, it's so. it's just like he knew what he was doing, like no question about it. And oh yeah. Like those five really good I would say really good players that all got traded. It's just insane. Like they were all on the same roster at some point and they all got yeah. traded. Yeah. Yep. It's weird that we didn't try that we didn't get one of them. It's just remarkable to me. Yeah, there's <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so where what let's let's walk through the trade deadline. Where obviously Rizzo we're coming from the Cubs fandom now, but Rizzo was the one that shocked me more than anything. I was prepared for Baez, I was prepared for Bryant, prepared for Kimbrell. I thought no way in hell they traded Anthony Rizzo. And they traded him the day before the deadline. And when that happened I said I even called my dad right then I said, Okay, all bets are off the table because they traded Rizzo. They're they're tearing the whole thing down now. So what was what was your emotions? I guess like after I mean you you're a self proclaimed my captain oh captain for oh, yeah. ten plus favorite, years probably favorite athlete of all time. Um, it was hard. That was a hard day. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's there was tears shed, <laughs> and he's just he's just a good guy. So that even adds to everything. All around, and he was the first. 
like we were so bad. And when we got Rizzo and he came up, that was like a glimmer of hope that, hey, maybe this thing is turning around. And he was the first of all the prospects that came. Man, I still get goosebumps just now thinking about it. The day he became the captain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For those that don't know, the day, what was this, probably 2013, 14? 2013, 2014. The Cubs were sucking. Getting beat. Chapman was pitching for the Reds at the time. He comes in. They took uh, offense to some balls that he threw at, I think, Nate Schultz. And a couple other a couple other guys threw it pretty up and in. And then he was kind of being Chapman-like. And then they went out to the field. The Cubs went out to the field. And somebody must have said something in the Reds' dugout. And Rizzo's throwing everything. He goes running over to the dugout all by himself. He was about to fight the whole team. He would have took the whole dugout off. Chapman would have snapped him in two. Oh, yeah. But, but that's definitely yeah. the day he became the captain. He was the captain. I will always say my favorite Rizzo memory, though, was when I don't even know what – I think it was like 2017. He went out, and they had a pitching conference on the mound with Justin Wilson. Yes. And he went out, and he said something to Wilson. And Wilson just looked at him and said, you can read his lips. Shut up. <laughs> and Rizzo like looks at the ump and starts laughing. I don't know what he said to him, but he said something. You can just read Justin Wilson's lips. Shut up. <laughs> and he's just dying laughing to the ump. It was then. like a really tense moment. It was in a playoff race. Like the bases were loaded. He just shut up. <laughs> you know, it's funny about that. We uh, went to the games last week, you know, and mm-hmm. Wilson just recently got traded to the Reds. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. And he faced Rizzo. Then Rizzo's last game is a Cub. <laughs> well, he sucks as a Cub. He throws so hard, and he just would walk people. He'd be so wild. We were happy when we got him. Remember that? Oh, he was good. That was that Avila, I think. And uh, Avila and him guy came over, and he just did not do that's good. That's right. Yeah. I... But, yeah, I'll never forget that. He just looked at him and shut up. And Rizzo just started dying laughing. <laughs> oh, there's, there's too many memories, but... Whenever I think of him, I just think of obviously we we've talked about this many times with that 2015 year. That yep. was just so much fun of him hitting that home run versus the Cardinals, and then him and Bryant going back to back. That was just and incredible. Homer people forget about is right before Schwarber hit one over the scoreboard or onto the scoreboard or whatever he did with it. Rizzo Homer to take the lead. Yeah. That same inning, the Cardinals had just tied it, and then Rizzo hit a homer the next inning to take the lead. <clears throat> and then Schwarber hit his bomb. But Rizzo actually hit the homer that broke the game to tie. Yeah, he's, um, he's got a lot of a lot of great memories from him. I remember that, and I remember the homer he hit off Kershaw in game six. of Yeah, that was my other one. And that was kind of like, okay, we're going to win this game. We were we were winning already. But when he hit that one, I'm like, okay, we're going to win this game and go to the World Series tonight. We kind of tuned Kershaw up a little bit. Willie took him deep down the line, too. Yep, yep. Man. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, I was I was at that game that they traded Rizzo, and we waved yep. around for him. And obviously, he was – you didn't see as many videos from him, but just, like, saw the pictures of him on Wrigley after. He was – obviously, was – I think he was a little heartbroken and a little sad, which rightfully so. He spent a lot of time. Really? And, yeah. We waited for him to come out, and he was looking pretty – just trying to get, you know, kind of get himself together, which – Rightfully so. So yeah, for sure. I mean, we could talk about him all night, but obviously can't. We could, but <laughs> we could. I I would talk about him all night. So what are the chances he's he's back in the North Side uh, next year? I had thought good until him and Jed the last couple of days kind of went back and forth at each other the last couple of days. Do you see what Jed said though? After I saw Jed apologize. He can't apologize now. Yeah, he did apologize. I mean, he never should have went there in the first place. No, I mean it might be might be true and right, but yeah, he might be. He can't do that. No, it's I agree. Business, and my whole thing with Jed is he wants the players to know it's a business. Well, if the players turn down your offer, it's a business too for them. They have the right to turn down your offer, just like you have the right to trade them whenever you want. Correct. And so I just I, that's the part I feel like Jed's missing is that it's a business on their side too. If they want to say, hey, I don't want to accept your offer. They don't have to. No. Yeah, you're 100% correct. So, I just, I don't know. I don't like Jed. I have issues with Jed. But it stems back to CubsCon, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> always comes back to 
It's funny that I remember that, but I'll never forget it. 2014. So let's let's hope Riz can have a. He's been killing it for the Yanks. So oh, I wouldn't mind. Yanks. Wouldn't mind seeing them have a deep run with him. Yep. Moving on, KB. Well, let's do KB last since he was the last traded. Yep. So Javi, obviously, core guy, probably the most. I mean, Rizzo's up there, obviously, but probably the most beloved Cub, maybe ever. I would say. He's right up there. I was more shocked by him than anything. I know you you thought everyone was gone from the get go, but I thought he was the one guy they were going to keep. Yeah, I think they wanted to. I'm not going to lie though. After they made that Kimbrel trade to get Mangriel and Hoyer, I thought for sure Javi was gone. Yep. Because <laughs> obviously he's a middle infielder. Yep. And he's he's ready to play now. And then that came out what 15, 20 minutes after the Kimbrel yep. trade. Yep. I feel it, yeah. I just that would that would hurt too. That would hurt a lot. Twitter, their their video put it the best. You electrified Wrigley like no one else, and that's what he did. He Rizzo was beloved, but but Baez electrified that place. And oh, the things he did on a daily basis were unbelievable. Stole home in the NLCS. Yes, game one. Man, that homer he hit in game one of the NL. DS off the Giants off Cueto, just that yeah. was that was his first full year up too. Yeah, because yep. 2015 he had his sister had passed and he kind of had injuries. He wasn't even yep. really on the team much until like September. If I no, he he hit that homer where me and you went run down to high B in 2015. Like off lackey. Off lackey. <laughs> 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 threw a bomb. Took it to right. That was uh, awesome. But yeah, he just all his slides and his tags and just the way he played the game. He was always smiling and happy and having fun. Just oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I honestly I think I'm gonna miss him the most. Just just from what he meant to the fan base and just like you knew he was always gonna play hard. Like that's also yep. another reason why I love not saying those other guys don't play hard, but just you can tell they're playing hard. Like that's what another reason I love Willie so much. Like he's given everything he's got every single time out there. Bias is maddening because you do stuff and they'd be like, "Why'd you do that?" But then the next two months later, he'd do something. You're like, "Oh my goodness!" But yeah, that's... I think of all the guys, he has the best chance to resign. I really do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he he's the youngest. And we have a need for him. I think in the end, I think he'll be back. Honestly, I like so. with the team they're kind of putting together, we'll talk about this probably later. But he really fits in nicely. Like those other guys get on a lot. Like he's they're mm-hmm. ever we're kind of getting more contract contact driven guys. Yep. And yep. we need one at least a couple boppers that are going to drive the them in. So bring I him a big bring him a big dick Nick back. Oh, he'll be good to go. Hey, that I'd be happy with that. I would cry. I would literally cry. <laughs> there would be tears. Man, I already can't wait for winter though. Uh, but what's your what's your favorite Baez moment? Probably that game one home against the Giants. Off Johnny Cueto when Johnny Cueto was an absolute was a stud. He hit it and I thought it was on wave one, and then next second I'm hugging my dad hoping he gets out of the park. I'll just never forget that. Like he hit it, we just all celebrated like it's on the wave one, and then we're like, wait. Is it going out? Just barely got in the basket. That moment, and then in game four of that series, when he hit the game when he hit, and he comes around first, he's screaming. I'll never forget any of those moments. Cool. That Giants series was a dogfight. <laughs> we got really lucky to win that series. Yeah. Oof. That, there's so many good memories with him. Just... And that dude's persevered through a lot, you know, with his sister, yep. and he's had a lot of injuries, and just a bunch of other his his dad passed away at a young age, I think. Like he fell and hit his head or something. And so he's he's just a great guy too. And What's he, your favorite moment with him? Yeah, I would I would say obviously all the all the things that you named. But him stealing home 
still that's like the craziest thing i've ever seen like in a in the biggest playoff game he's ever played in to that point too just unbelievable and then he had that moment this year with the pirates play yeah he should have been dead to rights like three times and somehow he just kept going and got the second and base out the of second. Uh, and then I guess the last one with him is that Mother's Day walk-off one where he hit against the Nationals. Yeah, that was... Like the 16th inning with his pink bat. And I remember the next day on the cover of Sports Illustrated that said, is this the year? And it was a picture of him and his pink bat. Oh, yeah. I, I think I have that first, magazine still. Yeah, that was the first time I saw that magazine. That was the first time I actually let myself go, wow, we could actually win the World Series. Like, we're good enough to do this. And it just kind of hit me. I remember that. Yeah, that <laughs> it's a lot of great memories, no doubt. Oh, for sure. But I guess moving on to the the last core guy of the World Series that got traded, the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, oh. the number two overall pick that was dubbed the savior pretty much right from when he got drafted. So what what are your thoughts on that one? So did it. When did the trade rumors with him start? I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. It feels like KB was never wanted. Like, I know he was the MVP and the Rookie of the Year and all that, but when did the – did they start in 2017? Was it 2018? I feel like 18. It just feels like it was never good with him, whether it was because we held him the minors too long. It just never felt – I don't know. I love the guy. I will always love him. But it just, no, him and the organization never seemed to be on the same terms. They always seemed to be at odds. And it always just seemed to be something with him that was just off. It definitely all started with the service time. Yep. But no, his memories, he just, that 2016 year, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was next level. Next level. Remember that game he had in Cincinnati where he hit like three homers and had like eight or nine RBIs and he had two doubles? Triple. A couple doubles. It was just unbelievable how good he was. Full house time, baby. <laughs> yeah, he is just—he's unbelievable how good he was. Yeah, that. I think we both figured he would probably got be gone this year if we weren't yep. in the playoff race. Once that eleven game skid happened, it was it was pretty much oh, that was the only KP. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie when. It was about ten minutes of the deadline, and all the other guys got traded. You you texted, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, are we keeping Chris Bryant? Are we keeping KB? And I was, I was like, hoping. I was hoping too, because I just I wanted them to extend one of them. Yes, like not just from like a selfish, you know, we've grown to love these guys perspective, but just because it'd be great to have one of those guys that you can keep building around with Willie. Like, I to me, it just made sense, you know. Yep. But it just wasn't meant to be, and I really hope he has a good run. He deserves everything that comes to him. Like he deserves an organization that takes care of him and values him for what he is. Yeah, and like you said, he's been in trade rumors for three years. Like, there's no question that would put a toll on somebody. Yep, and he's been hurt. I mean, he's been banged up, and he's play. He can play a billion different positions, which is amazing to me. How many other MVPs do that? Play center field, right field, first base, third base. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's he's definitely super valuable, and he's he's played well with the Giants so far. But all the guys have played well. But like I said, those trade rumors had to have been weighing on him, right? Yes. And the fact that you're in a playoff race now that has to help. Yeah, rejuvenate, rejuvenate you a little bit. The funniest thing I saw with KB is I saw just a headline. It says Giants acquire utility man Chris Bryant. <laughs> and I'm like, utility man? The guy's a superstar. He's MVP. He's not, he's not a utility man. <laughs> I just saw that. I'm like, oh, that's a funny headline. But, and the last thing I'll always remember about him is his base running was so underrated. That's a, I don't know why. It was just a joy to watch him run the base. That might be the best part of his game. He could go for, I remember, I think it was in the World Series, maybe game seven. He scored from first. He scored from first on a ball by Rizzo. Yep. That was against the Indians. I think it was game seven. And he came from first, and it was just unbelievable. I remember even the shock in Joe Buck's voice. Like, Ryan's going to try to score. And just, 
Oh, just he knew, knew how to run the bases. It was amazing. Just just a very smart player, no doubt. Yes, and he just glided around there. <laughs> but well, what did what did you think when you saw that video of him getting the news that he'd been traded in the dugout before? It's pretty what I expected. Like he was sad, but I think he was also like, "Hey, this is great." Yeah, he he definitely was emotional about it. Yep, and he would be. I mean, been his home since two thousand and fifteen. 2014. So, uh, do you think AT&T I would be shocked if he came back. What will be the market for Chris Bryant this offseason? Yeah, he is a very intriguing and interesting free agent because yeah. obviously he's had a lot of success. Yep. But he's he's, had a lot of failure. he's kind of struggled. He hasn't put up the same numbers since. Even 2016, I wouldn't say he's put up this. Like, he's still been a productive player. Was it 2017 or 2018? One of those years he had a He had a what? He cut out for me. Good year. Yeah, I got his. I think it was 18. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah, 16, he batted. Obviously, his MVP year. 17, he batted 295 at the 409 on base. Uh, 19. They're 18, he was 272 with 374 on base. And then 19, he was 282 with the 382 on base. Mm-hmm. Then last year, he was 206 with the 293 on base. Even 19, he batted 282. Yeah. I, th- I think some of the problem is, like, he's just been dubbed a, a power guy forever. And he hasn't necessarily produced those big, big numbers. Like, 2016, he had about yeah. 40 bombs. But then, 19, he had... He had 31 bombs in 19. Yeah. Only 77 RBIs last stuff. Yeah, he just has, like, a unique skill set. Like, he... he, can he... 18, 18 was the real bad. He only hit 13 homers. Oh yeah. That was real bad. He only drove in 52... So, it's crazy. He still batted 272 with a 374 on base and slugged 460. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. The, the market will be interesting for him, I feel like. I think it depends what he does the rest of the way, too. If he really produces well these last two months, I think the market will be there. Yeah. So, do you think if if his numbers wouldn't have been so poor last year? Obviously, he only played in 34 games last year, which I didn't remember at all. Yeah, I think. To me, I throw last year out for everyone. You look at Yelich's, like, there's a lot of people that had really bad years last year. Mm-hmm. I just throw that out. It was such a fluke. But do you think the Cubs took that into consideration with all these guys, though? Because all three of those guys didn't have very good years, you know? I, I really think the Cubs wanted to get under the luxury tax. I really do. He wanted, Ricketts wanted to reset that luxury tax, reset the payroll, and now... He claims he's going for it again. If he does or not, I don't know. But he claims he is. Do you think some of the reason that he maybe was leaning towards that is because the Cubs kind of underperformed as a team and didn't? And that's, that's the thing, too. Like I think Hoyer said it. We could have kept this group together, but we still would have finished fourth place. I, I don't think re-signing all three of them was the answer. No, it I would agree. It was not working. Something was broken. Where it broke, I don't know. That's for someone way smarter than me. But I can tell you, right, Theo said it after 2018, that it was broke. And we did nothing about it. <laughs> and we did nothing. And so to go re-sign all three of those guys for a ton of money wouldn't have worked because it was still broke. 100%. Somewhere it was broke. And like David Kaplan said, he said, I, I think David Kaplan said, he said, it was the right move. It's just embarrassing it ever got to this point that it had to be the right move. And, and that's what I agree. Like, what did we do so wrong that got to this point that we had to trade them? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, too. 2015, 2016, they came up, all the kids, and they all just won on talent, just went out and played. Yeah. And, you know, and then teams made their adjustments, and then... We never adjusted. Yeah. And we've talked, maybe with Dexter Fowler and Ben Zobrick, maybe we lost them, and it wasn't the same. I don't know. Yeah. But something broke. Somewhere along the line, it broke bad. It was ugly. And there's there's a lot of 
points, I guess, that stick out. Like, you know, Addison Russell got in trouble. You know, that that was that was not good. <laughs> Obviously for many that reasons. Was not good at all. But it just... Moore did not develop like he was supposed to. Um, they couldn't find a leadoff hitter to save their life. We we cycled through the leadoff hitters bad. Yeah, and and I think Joe Madden's a great manager, and he was perfect for the time. Yep. But I I don't know if his hands off, like just laid back approach, maybe hurt some of their development too. You yep. know, like because they not have a tough conversation with Baez or Rizzo when they were doing, like when Baez continued to swing at pitches. Like, did he not have that conversation? Be like, you can't do that. I don't know. You know, they wouldn't take batting practice like. I know they have a ton of games, but they wouldn't take batting practice for games ever. And there was even reports in Madden's last year that Rizzo was coming in late. And so, I don't know. I'll always love Joe Madden, no doubt about it. Yeah. But I do wonder if he had a part of that. I mean, just, just listen to all these young position players that were there, but just, like, didn't get any better. Solaire, Schwerber, even... I guess Hayward was kind of young when he joined, but he's yeah. gotten way worse. Almora. That doesn't help anything either. Hayward's contract. No, that's that's been sucking anything. sucking a lot of. Because I guarantee, if I was all of those guys, the three guys we talked about, the core, I'd be like, I want what he what he's got. Yeah. I'm. And the money Ricketts can just point. Look, look, look at my payroll. Well, yeah, you look at your payroll, but half is tied up in Hayward, who sucks. Yeah, that that honestly, like, I think we would have won the World Series without him, anyways. But that that whole contract was the beginning of the downfall. I feel like. Yep. Agreed. And that our and the, go ahead. The Eloy trade for Quintana. That those two moves right yep. there, which stems to our inability to develop young pitching. Yep. Yeah, those. Because if you have Dylan Cease and Quintana and oh, Eloy right now on this team, those three aren't getting traded. Probably not. No. Cease is a stud. Yes. You probably keep Darvish at that point, and then you have Cease, Darvish, um, and Hendricks as your top three rotation. That's nasty. And then all of a sudden, everything's looking way different. So I just, I don't know. Yeah. There's and... just a, or back when we traded for, if we had traded for Justin Verlander instead of Quintana. It's just, there's so many. Cole Hamels. Where it could have been, yeah, maybe we got Cole Hamels instead of Verlander, but. It's so many things could have been different along the line. No, and we just we made a lot of deadline deals from seventeen yep. to twenty that didn't work out. Yeah. Justin did. Wilson. Yep. We went after even the big dick Nick. He was great. But we didn't make the playoffs that year. Yeah, we had him for fifty games, sixty games. Yeah. Like and they don't blame Theo for going for it at all. I don't. But it just didn't work. Yeah, I there's just a lot of a lot of big like I said, a lot of big moments that just stick out and you're just like what you know, like what happened? You know, they just they messed the core they, I want I don't want to say they messed the core up, but if you would have told me at the beginning of the twenty sixteen season that we only would have one World Series with this core, I would have maybe been a little disappointed. Well even more than that, if you would have told me, Hey, in twenty twenty we will or twenty twenty one we will not finish the season in 24 with Bryant, Rizzo, or Baez. I'd have been like, crazy. And there's no Russell, there's no Schwarber, there's no Solaire. Yeah, you don't have Sol- Solaire, Schwarber, Elmora, Russell, Bryant, Baez, or Rizzo on your team at the end of the year. Yeah. I'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah, that, that. I would have, never would have believed it. Just unbelievable. But now the real question is, do you think, we, we all heard Ricketts' comments that he said they're going for the 2022 division. Do you believe him? At this point, it's it's kind of hard to believe what anything that Ricketts said says. What do you think about that? And so I, Brett Taylor pointed this out. He didn't say we're going to field a competitive club. He didn't say we're going to try to play good baseball. He said we are going to try to win the division in 2022. What does that mean? That is what. To me, that means you're going to have to go out and spend a shit ton of money. To me, that that's exactly what that means as well. Because if you roll out there with the club we're throwing out there right now, we don't sniff out of last place. Yeah, we're winning 60 games. I don't care who Frank Schwindel is. He's not <laughs> pushing <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I 
I was looking at our lineup today. I didn't recognize three of the names on the team. The guy playing left, what was his name? He started let yesterday, me, too. Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you this lineup today. I'm holding up right here. Rafael Ortega, Wilson Gutierrez, Ian Happ. We got Patrick Wisdom. I love Patrick Wisdom. He's bad at cleanup. David Bodie, Frank Schwindel, John Eshwia Vargas, <laughs> Sergio Alcantara. I thought we traded Alcantara for Justin Wilson five years ago. There's so, another one. Not until yesterday when I watched. And I, and I feel like I follow pretty closely. I mean, you're definitely like in the top certain percentage of fans, I feel like. I feel like top 10%, top 20%. <laughs> and I don't know who this John Wishy up is. Where do we... First of all, how do you pronounce his first name? <laughs> I have no idea. Have you, have you seen it? Yeah. John... Yeah. <laughs> Hey, he had an outfield assist yesterday, though. Sure he did. But, oh. So, I just... I nah, you're getting frustrated now, aren't you? <laughs> yes, because... I mean, you look, look at the lineup today. How many of those guys can be on a, on a playoff caliber team? Alcantara Al Al can maybe be a bench guy. Bodie's got to be a bench guy. Wait, you mean Ortega? I'm just saying in general. Ortega maybe could be a bench guy. I mean, he might be a guy at this point. He's he's looked pretty good, the lot, but I mean, he's. Okay. But are we looking at our like? He's not a guy on the 2016 team. Ortega would have now snipped the field on the 2016 team. Probably not. And that won a World Series, so that's what we need. I just feel like we're lowering our standards if we're saying Ortega and Wisdom are guys. I, I've said it too. And I want them to be. But I just feel like if they're playing, we are not putting a great product out there. Yeah, it, I mean, it's. I feel like they're going to get a shot. <laughs> and that's what scares me. That tells me we're not trying to win the division. If we go win some next year with Ortega as our starting center fielder and Patrick Wisdom as our starting third baseman, I don't think we're trying to win the division. I don't know. It, the pitching's a mess. I'm excited for that guy coming up soon that's going to pitch. Yeah, he's he's he, he was up in the pen, then they sent him back down to get stretched out. I'm excited to see what he can bring. But right now, as the current up there, do you have anyone besides for – what's his name? Like Advert that's going to be on the roster next year as a starting pitcher? The Hendricks. I guess Hendricks, yeah. Hendricks and Advert. I don't want to see Davies. I don't want to see Arietta ever again. You know Davies is going to be around again. Do you think? Because he's under contract, isn't he? Yeah. We're not winning nothing next year. Alec Mills might be around. Oh, if we're throwing Alec Mills out there, I like Alec Mills, but if we're throwing him out there every five days. He has no hitter on his resume. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, division winner, none less. Adbert's looking nasty. If he can figure out against lefties, he's going to be great. Though. He allows the long ball to lefties. Yeah. So Okay, so what realistically, what do you think they're going to do? Not what do you want them to do. What do you think they will do this winter? The payroll sits at $55 million going into the office. Yeah, so they're well below league average even. I honestly think they're going to sign. I bet they sign Nick Castellanos. I think they will because, for one, he fits into the plan. It looks like moving forward, contact guys. High on base. Out, does he not? Oh, he, he's going to opt out. He's been killing it. But is it what's he make? I will look his contract up. I would be surprised if he didn't opt out. I mean, if they would you agree though? He kind of fits the mold, and he has a really, really high on base or uh, batting average. Gets on a lot. Doesn't strike out a ton. Mm -hmm. Has a little pop. But interest you is pretty Freeman. I would say you'd be very. Is he a free agent? Yeah. Let's sign Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story, and one more. Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos and JD Martinez. 
<laughs> Those four. That team's that team's winning some games. We'd be set. So Nick is in. He does have an opt out. He's under contract after this year. Next year he's scheduled to make sixteen million. Oh, he can get way more than sixteen million. Yes. Okay, he's out. And he's he's he'll be thirty next year, so maybe he wants a little more long term deal. So I I'd be surprised if he's not out. I I honestly think they make a run at him for okay. two reasons: he fits the mold, and he's a fan favorite in Chicago, and he only played sixty games there. Castellanos and Correa. That'd be awesome. I mean, too big? they have a ton of money to spend. Am I dreaming too big there? They have a ton of money to spend, right? They have to. Well, how high do you think they're going to take? Are they taking the payroll two hundred billion again? Or are they going to stop at one hundred and fifty? Good question. That's a big question. Where is the payroll going to? Wonder. This kind of leads into the next topic. What? What are your thoughts on the? Gambling DraftKings thing that will make them a ton of money if that's available. It's a great deal for them. <laughs> like a buttload of money off it. Yes. I just okay. So what I don't understand is I, I, I'm I, I dabble in sports gambling. I will admit that, but it's very little dabbling. <laughs> what? Why would I go to that sports book and place a bet there when I could place the same bet? On my phone through DraftKings. What am I gaining by going to that sports book? See, I am one of. Will there be Will there be special deals, better bets, better odds? I am the first to admit I do not know much about gambling in general, but that's a very good question. I was reading the hope and the plan is to make it into like uh, obviously the gambling thing, but make it into like a massive sports bar as well that they can. Yeah. Have year-round. I, I could see myself going to Chicago, going to a game, and then the next day just hanging out there. Watching, watching the, game. the games. And placing bets. Yeah. But I don't know why I would ever place the bet in that sports book when I can place the same bet on the DraftKings app on my phone. It's a very good question. That is what I'd like to know, because I can, I can go to DraftKings right now in two seconds and place a bet through my phone without ever going to a casino. That building looks sweet, though. <laughs> it's going to be sweet, yes. I agree. So, I don't know. But I'm excited for it. I mean, it'll be fun. I do enjoy putting some sense on the games. I will admit that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Do you think Rickett spends the money then this offseason? He will. He has to spend some money. I mean, like I said, our payroll's at fifty-five million. And like you told me the other day, he knows winning makes money. Yes. If we throw this team out there for a full year next year, you're not going to have full houses. You're just not. No. I mean, look how cheap. Look how cheap tickets are now. They're ten dollars to get in. Did you see in 2024 we only have four million dollars in the books? Who? Cubs. Bodie. No, probably just Bodie, I would assume. Yeah. Hendrick, but Hendrick's got to be gone. It's probably Bodie. <laughs> Man. Four, $4 million on the books in 2024. We, 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 we have, have a ton, ton of money. money. Like, we, we have, have a ton, ton of flexibility right now. It's just a matter yeah. if they're willing to do anything. Which well, I, not they're not running out there with a $60 million roster. No. Well, and I think some of those guys coming up could help. Especially... Uh, that Hoyer's looking good off the from the White Sox trade from the pen. And my boy Manny Rod, man, he is killing it. Looking real good. So that the pen could be hopefully a force. They can yeah. keep developing Braylon Marquez. Like he's gotta be up next year, right? Yeah. Well that's also Contreras a free agent after next year. What do they do with him? Is he getting a contract or are they just gonna trade him too? See, I feel like they got to – you almost got to keep him, right? I mean, I'm biased, but you got to keep him. And the DH is coming around next year in the NL. So, like, you need somebody to lead. And he is competitive. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I think they have to, but are they going to get it done? I don't think it costs that much to extend him right now, would it? Not the thing. Should they extend it now? Just do it now. 
give him a hundred million dollars and let's get it done. Yeah. Also, my last question: We need pitching. Trevor Bauer can opt out. Do you think we'd ever get that? I think they would. Ricketts kind of leans with his, his thoughts. He does. <laughs> I mean, this is, yeah. Would we want to touch it? <sighs> is he any good? He's. I mean, since they cracked down on the substance, his spin rates and everything has gone way down. We haven't really seen him much this year, so. I don't know. He's just such a. Such a weird dude. Such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the best, best way to describe him. We were lucky he cut himself on a drone in the World Series. Yeah, he was a youngin' back then. A really youngin'. Well, is there anything else you want to talk Cubs-wise before no, we get out of here? I'm frustrated. Yeah, I mean, we could, like I said, we could probably talk about this all night, but... When I, when I look at the lineup and I don't know, guys, that frustrates me. <laughs> that frustrates me. <laughs> Would you rather see some of that you don't know or Hayward in there at this point? That's why we need... Like, Hap just has to play every day. Obviously, he's going to with the roster, but we got to figure out what we have in him. How much do we owe Hayward for? I think he's got two more years on his deal. I'm pulling up his contract for now. Eight year, $184 million. Remember how happy we were at? Where were we at? Who hot together when he signed? Okay, I couldn't remember. You were eating breakfast with Bowser. <laughs> He's got. Tim Graham texted and said, "Congratulations, you just won the World Series." We did. We owe him twenty-two million in the next two years. And he's got a two-point-five mil signing bonus. Oh my goodness! No, just <laughs> cut him. So I forgot to tell you this, but when we were waiting for Rizzo on his last days of Cub, when we waved by and everything, yeah, the team like. It was the weirdest thing, so we knew something was going on. The whole team was on the bus to take him to the airport, and then everybody got off and went in. So, like, okay, they're talking to Rizzo, probably. And then Hayward comes out. Some guy yells, Hayward, they should have traded you. He turns around, stops, says, they can't. I got a no-trade clause. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. It's a great response by him. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't blame the guy. I mean, he got paid. I don't blame him at all. No. But I don't like him anymore. No, it's really put us in the dump. Like I said, though, if I was Rizzo, Baez, or KB, I would have been like, I got to at least get what Hayward's getting, right? Yeah, can I get what Hayward gets? Eight years, $184 million. They don't give contracts like that anymore, though. No, they really don't. Across baseball, you don't see contracts. As, I mean, for the super superstars like Tatis, they do, and Trout. But the, the days of 10-year contracts are gone. Man, we just, we just got to get out of that contract somehow, but no just one's going to take it. I seriously, just cut him and be done with him. <laughs> At least then you wouldn't have the urge to play him every day. Yeah, because he's got to be in there. See, we just say he has COVID. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play the last two days, so he's got COVID. I saw him and Hap have the two two of the lowest three batting average for more than two hundred at bats on the year. I will give you twenty five dollars right now if you can tell me Jason Hayward's middle name. Uh Dwayne. Oh. It's spelled A-L-I-A-S. Is that Elias or Elias? Elias Sports Bureau? <laughs> Jason Elias Hayward. I would have never guessed that in a million years. He's got a net worth of $50 million, which I feel is low. That's super low considering you got an eight-year, 184 mil contract. <laughs> yeah. He's really spending. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, we should end this. Yeah. Way off the <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. We're back, better than ever. Back, better than ever. Talking we like the ghost of Field of Dreams. <laughs> we have came out of the corn fed. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what I got to say. So look for us here next week soon. We'll be talking more baseball. Obviously, the Field of Dreams game is awesome. If you were lucky enough to get a ticket, awesome. Send some picks because that, I'm sure, is going to be a blast. And I'm going to be honest, with it comes to be out of it, we're probably not going to talk too much baseball the rest of the year. <laughs> we're probably going to pivot to football pretty hard here pretty soon because it's just not that interesting without the Cubs in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. Like, the dog days of August before football are tough, especially if your team sucks. <laughs> and they suck. Try not to suck, Tim. Try not to suck. Try not to suck. Respect 90. But make sure you follow us on all our social media pages if you haven't. Search us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. And if you're lucky, we'll maybe follow you back. Oh, <laughs> well, we will. Oh, we will. Guaranteed. The Tim Downs stamp right there. For sure. You know what that means, right, Tim? You've been officially corn fed. <laughs>